0: So, uh, hi, it's Graham here. Sorry to interrupt your podcast listening like this, but uh, I wondered if you could do us a little favour. I haven't told Carole I'm going to do this, and frankly I'm not sure she's going to find out. Let's maybe keep it that way, shall we? Uh, I don't think she listens to the podcast, so she won't hear that. I've tacked this on to the beginning. But the European Security Blogger Awards, they're about to happen, and Smashing Security has been nominated in a couple of categories. Huzzah, huzzah. You can vote in the awards for your favourite security blogs and security podcasts, Intent. hint. hint but you've only got a few days before the voting closes, so do it today. Do it now. Hit pause. Oh, Not before I've told you the URL. It's smashingsecurity.com slash vote. That will redirect you through magic to the voting form. And, well, hey, made the best podcast co-hosted for the last six or so years by a Brit and a Canadian win. Um, yeah, over to you, smashingsecurity.com slash vote. Thank you very much. We love you all, uh, at least the people who vote for us. Uh, But for now, back to your normal service and uh, sorry about this interruption.
1: Hey, Graham. Hi, Krull. I have something to tell you. Oh, goody, goody, goody. Go I on. was talking to a work contact named Melanie about a right. week or so ago. And she was telling me how she likes smashing security and she Yay! listens to the podcast. Yeah. Isn't that Yay. great? And she also said to me that one of the episodes she listened to was sponsored by Recorded Future. And Recorded Future produced a daily threat intelligence newsletter that she decided to sign up to. Great. And she says the newsletter is absolutely great. She works in media, so she wants to know all the security things that are going on. And she says it's an amazing newsletter and she loves it. So isn't that cool?
0: It is fantastic. She
1: loves our show and she loves our sponsor.
0: (laughs) And if people want to sign up for this newsletter, they just have to go to recordedfuture.com slash intel. That's right. And thanks to Recorded Future for supporting this show today. On with the show. Smashing Security, episode 40, the show that cost Troy Hunt $14, with Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 40 of Smashing Security for the 31st of August 2017. I'm Graham Cluley, and I'm joined as always by my good chum and co-host, Carol Terrio. Hello, Carol, how are you doing?
1: <laughs> you always say my name so weird, it's like you haven't known me for 20 years. It
0: is a very, very weird name, Did you?
1: Carol. I bet our guest could do it better.
0: (laughs) Well, yes, we've got a special guest from far, far flung over the seas from. It's a horrendous place where he lives, let me tell you. I've been, I've been following him on Twitter. It's almost like he's an Instagram celebrity. Oh, jeez. With the number of pictures he shows of his wonderful sun-kissed life. All the way from the Gold Coast in America. Oh, no America. No oh, not in America. God, oh, I'm so sorry. Are you I going there already?
1: Believe, <laughs> I cannot believe he just did that. <laughs> all the way from australia
0: it's mr troy hunt hello troy
2: how are you <laughs> g'day guys and i look i, I say carol in, in a strange way because i say everything with an accent anyway so you, know, <laughs> you say h- here it we are.
1: much much better than graham does
2: now troy i'm sure most of the people listening to the podcast know who you are may well have signed
0: up for some of your service but just briefly describe who you are what you do and what are you doing here on our podcast anyway
2: Based on your description, I basically just hang around on the beach, take photos of my legs while I'm laying on my jet ski and tweet them at the world, uh, particularly uh, English people where it's uh, cold and wet. Uh, But in between (laughs) doing that, uh, gee, what do I do now? So I do a lot of uh, traveling and speaking at events on on security things. I do a lot of training. I do a lot of workshops for companies. Uh, I do a lot of online training. And I, I run this little thing called Have I Been Pwned as well.
1: Yeah, we know. We've mentioned uh, Have I Been Pwned maybe a dozen times in this podcast so far. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We're big fans.
0: So, I mean, Have I Been Pwned is a great service for people to sign up for, enter their email address, and they can get informed when their details are included in one of these horrendous data breaches.
2: Yeah, hey, that's good. I I needed to hear some positive vibes at the moment because it's been one of those days, but I'm, I'm sure we will get to that. (laughs) <laughs> we'll get to that later on so what we do
0: each week in the podcast is we look at some of the stories which have happened over the last week and give our opinions um i'm going to kick off and uh, now guys I, I don't know if you heard, well crawled <laughs> you were here for last week's episode troy i think you may have heard last week's episode with scott helm i ran a very very popular and successful quiz last week oh, on the show and uh, when well, i say it was popular i had one person who replied positively bring it up
1: every episode.
0: What? I, like, I liked the quiz. Well, look, I think it's time for us to do another quiz. Not acronyms this time. It's a game of true or false. I'm going to give you a statement by a politician, and you're going to tell me if it's the truth or a lie. <laughs>
1: I think I could say right now it's probably false.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But okay, go, go. All right, so I'm uh, <clears throat>
1: very excited. Uh, yeah,
0: all right, so I'm going to start off here. I'm going to do some impressions because I'm quite good uh-huh. at those. I'm going to do some accents, right? I want to say one thing to the American people. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. <laughs>
1: You know, that's
0: not bad. What have I said? That's yes, not Sue. Bad. I was impressed by that. That was quite good, wasn't it? Hard to believe I can do Richard Nixon that way.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> can you believe that it was almost 20 years ago? Yeah, wow. it, it was 97, wasn't it? It was round about then, yeah. I think it must have been ninety, maybe 98, 97, 98. Yeah.
0: So was that the truth or was it a lie? Did he have
2: sexual relations with that woman? What's your yeah. opinion? So, so the, the, the answer came down to how you define sexual relations from memory. And <laughs> yeah, I don't know exactly. if it's the kind of show where we're going to do that. <laughs> but it is late here yeah. and I've had a bad day. So, yeah, why not?
0: <laughs> I think most people would say he got a little bit saucy with her, right? A bit more than saucy maybe. Okay. So I would say that that,
2: shall we say, truth or a lie that he said? True. True. He did not have sexual relations. I think he did. So I'm saying that it is true that he did, which would be the inverse to what he said. So no, false. (laughs) Is this how the game works?
0: He should have hired you as a legal team. That's very impressive. Okay. Well, I I think it's probably a bit of a fib. So it was a fib. Okay. Here's another one. Okay. Read my lips. No more taxes. Okay. It's Republican presidential candidate George H.W. Bush. In 1988, <laughs> in case you weren't sure. I thought it was Nixon. I
1: thought it was going to be Nixon. Yeah, yeah
0: that was going for Nixon. <laughs> There'll be no more whitewash at the White House. I can do them all. I can do them all. Okay, so was that true or was it false about no more taxes?
1: It was false, Graham.
0: You're absolutely right. It was a fib. And finally, you're wondering what this game is all for, right? <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you're thinking that, Crow. Why are we doing I'm, this? I'm
1: thinking we have to find a way to edit it out. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs>
0: Keep so going, you're doing Finally, great. we are going to come to the curious case of Trump appointee William C. Bradford. He's an American lawyer who was recently appointed by Donald Trump to run the Energy Department's office of Indian Energy. Okay. Has he been fired yet? <laughs> uh, no, hasn't been fired yet. So he's, uh, by all standards, he's doing quite well. Uh, how about now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as the Washington Post discovered, before entering public office, Bradford's Twitter account was prone to making some rather well, eyebrow-raising declarations about previous US President Barack Obama, describing him as a Kenyan, um, describing him as a cream puff, whatever that is, I, I have no idea if that's what that is, uh, and calling Mark Zuckerberg, and apologies for this, I am quoting, an arrogant, self-hating Jew. Oh Yes, uh... Which, on Twitter. Yes. Um, oh, which okay. was curious for William Bradford to say because he is Jewish himself. But anyway, that's, that's what was going on. Um, now, he admitted sending some tweets saying Barack Obama's mum was a fourth-rate porn star and whore. Um <laughs>
1: Sorry, this is the American lawyer who's been recently appointed by Donald Trump to run the Energy Department's Office of Indian Energy.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. So he admitted that um, when The mm -hmm. Washington Post said, hey, we've been looking at your tweet. I mean, it's pretty offensive to call someone a fourth-rate porn star, isn't it? Especially if it's someone's mum, although not as bad as a fifth-rate. What he's saying now, right, Mm -hmm. is this – He's making a statement which says that it wasn't him who left similarly veined and similarly styled messages on blogs via the discuss commenting system as dug out by CNN. No, no, no. He says, although he admits to the tweets, those comments weren't from him at all because and here's the quote, right? Here's the next round of the game. Final round of the game. Here's his quote. I don't know how what he sounds like, so I'll just do a standard American accent at this point. <laughs> Thrilling. <laughs> I can't comment on an ongoing federal investigation into multiple cyber attacks and internet crimes committed against me over the past several years, which include email intrusions, hacking, and imposters in social media. In other words, he's saying that hackers took over his Discuss account and are leaving all these offensive comments on blogs and things. But he can't go into more details because the feds are
2: investigating it.
0: My question for you two. Is he telling the truth or telling the fib?
2: That is, that is so don't... dog ate my homework all over. <laughs>
1: yeah. But I love how it's, I cannot comment because there's a, you know, federal investigation of multiple cyber attacks and other crimes committed against me. PR bow is wrapped all around it.
0: I'll leave it to the listener to decide whether he's telling the truth or not, right? You know, it does seem a little bit of an odd coincidence considering the tweets, which he has admitted to. <laughs> really? You to. think so? Uh, <laughs> oh, but, 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 you know, I just think the gall of people we've seen over the years, for instance, I know there's been a number of rappers and things, you know, sort of celebrity rappers who sometimes have said really offensive stuff on social media. And then their get out of jail free card is always to say, oh, my account was compromised. I was hacked.
1: Didn't um, who was who was the guy in New York? Wiener, Wiener. Didn't he say the first time that it was hackers that did it?
0: Oh, bless him, old Wiener. Yeah, I think I think maybe he did, or it wasn't his underpants or something yeah. like that. You know, it, someone yeah. else may have gained control of his phone. It is. I mean, if you're in that kind of panic, maybe you would use that excuse. Hey, honey, it wasn't me. <laughs> you know, there's some hacker who's installed all of this hardcore porn onto our computer or hidden it away in my Dropbox folder. I mean, m- m- maybe this is like the standard excuse that people use. I just think it, it does us all a disservice to allow this kind of thing to be got away with. And it, it kind of discredits the genuine attacks in a way. You know, I just wish people were honest. Yeah, I did get hacked or no, it wasn't a hack. I was just being dumb online.
1: Yeah, OK, but he's not just being dumb.
2: Right. you know the, the thing with that too is that we have got such a digital footprint everywhere with with everything we do right i yes. mean look everyone listening to this knows that this sort of stuff is these are solvable mysteries right so it's the <laughs> sort of thing or if you want to go and sort of spin a yarn on this um you want to be pretty sure no one's actually going to look into it or else the whole thing's going to come apart pretty quickly right because google will somewhere have cached this stuff
0: or someone will have a copy or you know the pieces will be able to be put together so you can work out where they've originated from.
1: I can kind of think, though, that he probably didn't think anyone would look into it.
0: These sort of things keep on happening. I think if you're going into public office, particularly if you've already been outed for something else, maybe do your best to clean up the rest of your online activity. Or if you can't do that, just put your hands up when you're accused and say, yeah. I used to say those things several years ago. I've grown up now, you know. Find someone. Yeah, some and everyone way to... will
1: say that's okay, no problem. You well,
0: just go... well, maybe they won't. But a cover up is always worse, and lying is always worse, isn't it? And claiming that the feds are investigating cyber attacks against you.
1: Hey, look, I just think it's gross that some guy who's tweeted this stuff has actually been appointed to a responsible job. Wow, so that's, hey, that's me speak.
0: The... <laughs> We're going to get more complaints, aren't we? Um, (laughs) It's not just him, though. I mean, uh, there are others as well. Sometimes there is a genuine hack or compromise of a social media account. We saw this last week. uh, Selena Gomez, who um, Mm. used to be dating Justin Bieber, her Instagram account got hacked. She has 125
2: million followers. On Instagram,
1: are you
0: how are you, you comparing with that, Troy? I,
2: I, You know, okay, this is like my little security mind, right? That every time I hear about people with like massive followings like this, that the first thing that comes to my mind is that this would be the most awesome sort of organic DDoS engine in the world. It's like, I don't like someone, I'm just going to tweet something, you know, or, or Instagram it or, or whatever they do. And it's like boom, that's it. You're gone. You're offline. <laughs> you know, like you've <laughs> you got to have some serious defenses yeah. to stop that. And it would be awesome because it's distributed to all these legitimate people I around know. the world. But I think you'd you'd need uh, you'd need some pretty serious scale for that. But I reckon 120 plus million followers might do it.
0: I certainly remember Stephen Fry, who's a bit of a a, a national uh, treasure here in the United Kingdom. He was a major Twitter user in Twitter's early days and had a big following. And he actually used to contact companies before he tweeted their website because he knew the power of his audience (laughs) could bring down sites, which obviously wasn't uh, his intention. Um, So it can be a problem. Gomez, her Instagram got hacked. Chances are, I think, that she didn't have two-factor authentication enabled. Yeah. Uh, Instagram does offer it. You should turn it on. Unfortunately, Instagram only offers two-factor authentication via SMS message. It'd be nice if they got a little bit more modern about that because some have concerns about that method of uh, authentication. But um, I think the other message is, you know, aside from everyone should turn on 2FA or two-step verification, when you say something unpleasant online, when something bad happens, in this case, Justin Bieber's I believe in Australia you call them ankle spankers. Um, anyway, a, a, a part of his anatomy was exposed. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it is, but no, we, we don't. We don't. <laughs> but anyway, you know, so you know, make sure you're acting clean online. Keep yourself secure so that you can't be exposed. I would love one of these celebrities one day when they get hacked, not just to go, oh, yeah, I got hacked, but actually talk to their 125 yeah. million followers and say, don't make the mistake I made. Turn
2: these features on to protect your accounts. And, you know, this is what it boils down to because regardless of what name you want to put on it, and I understand the desire to put the word hacked on it because it it sort of shifts blame. You mm. did something stupid. Like, that is what it boils down to. And it's probably the same stupid thing that 90% plus of people do, which is it's a crap password, and you used it on LinkedIn, and then that got hacked, and then it was SHA1, and it got cracked, and, and, and you know, here we are. Uh, it, it's always yeah. the same story over and over again. And I honestly can't remember a time where it was legitimately, well, yeah, Twitter did actually have some funky O day, and someone broke into someone's account. Yes. It, it's always someone doing something stupid.
1: The thing is, though, with this one, though, is, well, he's admitted to the tweets, right? And the, the discuss or discuss, however you want to say it, comments are in a similar vein. So basically, he's already, he's already eating poo for, for his comments he's already done. <laughs> Sorry, is, that, is, that, <laughs> right? is that a
0: common metaphor?
1: <laughs> I thought it was more polite than the other word I could have used.
0: Troy, what have you got for us this week? I've got a feeling I might know what you want to talk to <laughs> us about.
2: Well, it's kind of worked out well because we agreed to do this this chat, oh, what was it, a week ago or something like that, and I I, I don't know what we were going to talk about, but uh, as luck would have it, things eventuated such that uh, I came across 711 million email addresses, which are now and Have I Been Pwned.
1: Uh, 711 million. Yeah.
2: And you know I, I put the numbers in a blog post I wrote today about this, but I, I think off the top of my head it took something like two and a half years and one hundred and ten data breaches to reach the first uh, seven hundred and fifteen million or seven hundred and eleven million rather uh, accounts in the system, and now it's like, yeah, here's just one whack seven hundred and eleven million so I have. Spent the last, um, basically the last 48 hours, firstly uh, consuming a great deal of, of Azure's capacity, <laughs> trying to load all this data. Um, uh, next, I'll be explaining to my wife uh, why we have suddenly spent a lot of money uh, to, to a company based in Redmond. And <laughs>
1: <laughs> then I've,
2: I made this data live. I'm at uh, sort of oh, 10 20 p.m. or something now. So I made it live ooh, about 15 hours ago. And I've I'm up to about two hundred comments on the blog post, and just the floods of tweets and emails, and I've been doing media and stuff today as well. So it's just been an absolute write off of a day on a day where I was actually meant to write a talk. So I'm not quite sure how that one will work out. But
0: crikey! So Troy, <laughs> this this I mean, we appreciate you staying up late and taking the time to speak to us today. But this data you have, these seven hundred and eleven million email records, where did they come from? How were they being abused? And
2: what should people do if they are one of those seven hundred and eleven million? It, look, it's actually kind of interesting. And, and one of the things that always happens after I load data of sort of, I was going to say ill repute, but, you know, where it's sort of from odd kind of sources, after I load it mm. and people start finding their data and have I been pwned, uh, I, I start to learn a bunch of interesting things. But the, the background in terms of how it turned up, is a, a French malware reverse engineer bloke who, who does a lot of looking into how uh, some of these spam bots run? Had found an open folder share as part of, I think it was actually part of his reverse engineering of, of one of the pieces of malware he had, uh, end, end up pointing to an IP address, found a folder share on there, and found 180 plus files that totaled, I think, about 35 gigabytes worth of data. Oh. Wow. And in that data was just a real mix of stuff. So we had massive lists just of uh, email addresses. So one was like a 14 hmm. gigabyte list just of email addresses. Uh, Whoa. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, yes, you, uh, you can actually have a 14 gigabyte text file. I mean, <laughs> yeah, don't don't, don't try possible. and open that in Notepad um, <laughs> <for> everyone listening. <laughs> uh, Ed Lin would be fine. Yes, there, there are other ways to do this. So, you know, there was that. There were a bunch of files that had username and password pairs, uh, but all of this seemed to be, well, a lot of it seemed to be sort of unrelated to each other other than it was all in this sort of realm of of uh, credentials. So the, uh, the, the usernames and passwords were kind of interesting because uh, one of these files reconciled verbatim with LinkedIn, uh, the LinkedIn data breach. So every time I put in an email address into have I been pwned, it was like, yep, LinkedIn, LinkedIn. Another one reconciled with one of the big combo lists I loaded. So these were lists of email address, password pairs. So sort of the the origin, if you like, was clear there. But then just a a bunch of random junk as well. I mean, there were a bunch of files in there, one file with a bunch of rows that indicated it was from the uh, Roads and Maritime Services Department in one of our local states here, and it related to the E toll, which is the little tag you put on your windscreen when you drive through the tolls. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of bizarre stuff. So anyway, we have sort of found all this data and the, the guy who found it has explained that, look, this is used by a, a, a an online spam bot called Onliner spam Bot, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. And he said, look, what's actually happening here is it, it's a combination of some of these files have credentials as well as SMTP addresses of the, the mail servers that these accounts would use uh, and the SMT port it was using. There's a few different ports that smtp uh, typically uses and the spam bot is using these because it will then connect to those smtp servers under the identity in these files uh, because it's hard to find open smtp relays these days to send spam so yeah part of the value proposition of the data was here is a mechanism for us to send spam and then of course that the masses and masses of email addresses and just email addresses in files well you know that every time you get viagra spam it's stuff like this that's kind of interesting. They were just being used huh. to send mail to. And then yeah. as I loaded this and I started getting feedback, some really interesting sort of trends popped up. So one of the features on Have I Been Pwned is you can do a domain search and you could, you just prove that you own the domain via getting an email to the Whois record or adding a, yep. a text entry yep. to DNS or something. And you do a search and people were saying basically like 70% plus of the aliases on my domain in this quote unquote breach uh, were fake, you know that they're not real. And it looks like there's a bunch of junk in there as well as a bunch of fabricated addresses. And one person actually said to me, he said, I have a catch all on this domain. So I get everything that goes to at whatever, and I found that a bunch of those aliases that were in this spam bot list had actually been getting spam, and this sort of answered the question to him, you know, what on earth is going on? Where's this coming from? Right. And that was just the beginning, and then the day just unfolded as people came up with with everything from really interesting insights to abuse. (laughs) So that was fun.
1: (laughs) Wow. I'm still shocked at how huge it is. Is this one of the biggest ever?
2: Well, it's the biggest I've ever loaded into Have I Been Pwned. The largest before yeah. that was, was only 500 million-something records. <laughs> so, <this> is-
1: <laughs> so that's tiny compared Pathetic. I know,
2: I know. Yeah. So this takes me to 4.7 billion-something uh, records, which is which is kind of crazy. Uh, Do you think
1: it's kind of interesting that you're kind of seeing overlap in the different lists that you've loaded up so that, you know, I don't know, I'm wondering if that's starting to happen, Mm. that maybe you may have come to a, you know, almost to an end, maybe, of how many addresses so far have been used in this way?
2: Well, the the funny thing is that there'll never really be an end because Uh. obviously there's a lot of new addresses that get registered, there's new domains that get stood up, uh, and as I said, a bunch of these were fabricated as well, and you can, geez, you can make up as many fake email addresses as you like. But to your point about the flow, the flow is really interesting, you know, how data goes from one breach to another list somewhere and then it gets abused somewhere else and then it gets passed yeah. downstream. And the, the, one of the comments I made in the blog post I, I pushed out with this today was that most people have got no idea how far their data gets spread and, and reused, yeah. uh, and it's yeah. it's just mind-boggling.
1: Yeah. Well, that's a cheery story, thanks. <laughs> so you've had, a really, you've had a really crappy few days or has it been really challenging in a good way or you're just now you're just dead?
2: It's been mostly good. I, I think the thing that sort of started to get to me a bit today is I, I made a judgment call when I started this service almost four years ago that I wasn't going to have passwords in the system. Uh, yep. So, you, you know, mm. if, if you're in, say, the LinkedIn data breach, you can't go to have I been pwned and find your LinkedIn password. And there's many reasons for that that include technical reasons. So, for example, a lot of passwords are, are say, bcrypt hashes. Now, nothing you mm. can do with the bcrypt yes. hash other than give the hash to yeah. people, which will make absolutely no sense to something <laughs> percent of people that use the service. Because mm. this thing is, is so mainstream these days. Imagine saying to a non-techie person, hey, here's your bcrypt hash from uh, Ashley Madison, uh, just so you know what your password was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that. Uh, So, you know, there's that. And the other side of it is that no matter how much we sugarcoat it, this is all data that someone has illegally obtained out of various systems, uh, often using means which will land them in prison for a long time if they get caught. Mm. The the legitimacy of actually having it and making it available in this fashion is questionable uh, without a doubt. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I am doing everything I can to try and run the thing ethically and. And to be honest, I was going to say keep my head down a little bit, but it's a little bit hard when it's this well-known <laughs> now. <laughs> but um, I, I guess not do things that would raise the ire of either individuals or organisations. And we have seen cases in the past where the likes of Le- uh, Le- LinkedIn has uh, <laughs> issued – this is – it's getting late. LinkedIn issued a uh, takedown to one of these really dodgy services that popped up called Leaked Source – Yes. Uh, because these guys were making passwords available. And, mm-hmm. you know, to me, this was sort of one of the indicators of once you have passwords as well, you're sort of stepping into another realm. And no matter how well I try and protect them, just the fact that I would have those passwords in the system and they were retrievable, just it just is way, way too much risk for my comfort level.
0: It's scary, isn't it? it, it I mean, it would be hard to sleep at night knowing that you've stored that much data and potentially, even if you've gone to great efforts to encrypt it and keep it securely, that someone might have found a vulnerability or some way in order to get yeah. it, some of it to spill out.
2: Exactly. And I, I think the security people get that because we, we sort of have this, this, you know, data minimization mindset, can't mm. lose what you don't have, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And then you get your great unwashed out there. Apologies to the great unwashed. Uh, and, and they're sort of going, well, why don't you just email me the password? Like, oh, no, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> do, yeah. do I have to explain it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, folks
0: can find out much more about this on your blog. We'll I- include a link to that in the show notes so people can uh, discover some more. And we'll also include a link to Have I Got Pwned as well because it really okay. is a fantastic service. I think everyone yeah, – all, all have, credit have, have you, I been Troy, pwned. for it.
2: D- don't go to Have I Got Pwned because I don't know what's there. Oh, and- <laughs> And I have searched for things on the internet that have led me to places I didn't expect to end up. So
1: I think that's happened to everybody.
2: Maybe, and, and maybe we better go and register that domain I say, right so now. So someone I have else to register the domain, though. <laughs>
1: oh,
0: Sorry about man. that. Maybe
1: Graham already has registered it.
0: <laughs> but seriously, fantastic service which you offer mm. people there. Um, it, and folks really should sign up because, I mean, I got my warning because um, I've registered my domain with you. And... Uh, It told me about a number of email addresses which apparently are included in this spam bot dump, including ones which aren't real addresses. You know, it it was interesting to me as well that some of those popped up in the list. So Mm -hmm. it's only going to become a bigger problem, isn't it? I don't think we're probably
2: that far away from, I don't know, a billion record dump coming up. I mean, how? I was in the list with LinkedIn.
1: I remember, yeah.
2: There is a billion uh, record dump out there somewhere allegedly from yahoo uh remember mm-hmm. them so oh, this yeah. was late last year they said uh hey we we had half a billion accounts exposed and it was very embarrassing yes. and then they came back a few weeks later and they said oh yeah funny thing happened well they didn't say funny <laughs> thing they came back and they said we we've just realized there was also another one and it was a billion. So they- Yes. billion.
0: What's your topic for this week?
1: You guys, of course, have been following the devastation in Texas, uh, resulting from the result of furious Hurricane Harvey.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's apparently the worst hurricane that's hit the state in 50 years. And like today, I just read that 13,000 people in the Houston area and surrounding areas have been rescued from a tropical storm, and there's been at least 18 deaths and one of the big problems is people don't want to leave their houses they mm-hmm. don't leave their stuff they don't want to leave their lost pets mm-hmm. right um and it's just a, it's just horrible but with crazy situations and weather like this crazy things happen and you might have heard about the planes that were flooded at Houston airport thanks to the tropical storm. You may have heard about a shark that was found swimming along the flooded highway, um, as reported by Fox News. It
0: sounds like Sharknado. It sounds like a normal day at home. <laughs> 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 yeah, so we've got an Australian on the line, I forgot. Yes.
1: Yeah, do you, do you sit there going, <laughs> like, why are you guys all excited about a shark? you got a shark, that. what's the issue?
2: <laughs> Get on with it. Mm.
1: So these things are making the rounds, and it turns out both these stories are hoaxes, uh, designed to dupe us into sharing the story, whether we be... A journalist, like our Fox News reporter, or, um, users of social media. So the drowning planes picture was a 2013 mock-up of, uh, created by C- uh, Climate Central to show the effects of climate change. Huh. And it's actually an it's actually not even Houston Airport, it's LaGuardia Airport. So it shows you all the people sharing it actually haven't even, you know, can't even recognize it. Uh, oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Criticize them for that, Crowell, <laughs> that they can't <laughs> tell the difference. <laughs> <laughs> all the people who are a real airport nerds like, i think you'll find that's actually lagarde in it yes! come on carol
1: yes it's they just should have an jumped airport you can't
0: tell one airport from another
1: <laughs> well if you can't from, if you no i mean i mean enough? maybe
0: from maybe from where you go in the arrivals hall or whatever but you can't tell when it's just a runway with some planes <laughs> on it i
1: think you've been a bit harsh have you seen the picture yes i have okay do you see the skyline look
0: well, what, 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 OK, what was the skyline? I can't remember. What, New York. Well, I wasn't looking at the skyline, was I? I was looking at the plains, which were flooded.
1: <clears throat> the shark shot <laughs> was a doctored photo from an Africa geographic from 2005. And it was actually a shark trailing a kayaker in the water. So it was just basically doctored up and put onto the highway. Not
0: in Houston. That's the point, right? It was not in Houston. The shark was no, and, overseas, um, right.
1: Just for Troy, there isn't very many sharks in Houston. Right. Just you know, gotcha. The question I've got really is: Are there is there a problem with these hoaxes? Some people would argue that because of these hoaxes, the disaster is staying in the press, and it gives journalists new angles to talk and and you know talk about the problem and the, and the disaster.
2: I think that there's just this bigger issue, which has obviously popped up particularly in the last year about the whole sort of fake news thing, where you've just no longer got any idea what's legit and what's not, and it's it's not just the the, the politics side of things. I'm seeing it the whole time, even in the security side of things, where people will sort of say, hey, this incident happened or this security thing happened. And it's like, well, it sounds stupid, but there's a lot of real stuff that happens that's actually pretty stupid too. And I don't know what's legit anymore or not. And it's, in fact, I wrote something about this only last week because this is, I've certainly seen things and shared things that seemed perfectly feasible. And then, uh, you know, here we are. I think that's one of the challenges, isn't it, is is because it's so easy
0: to share Mm. stuff. It's just a click or a retweet or sharing it to your Facebook friends. You know, you've found it interesting. You may not even have clicked on the link yourself. You just thought, oh, I should tell my mates about that. And you kind of pass the buck onto them to find out whether it's true or not and, and to be sceptical. But you've given it some kind of endorsement by sharing it.
1: Yeah. And sometimes people don't even read what they're sharing. No. Right? So they just share it because the title looks good and they think, great. I mean, Journal 101 was always, you know, have two independent sources verify a fact. Right? And today that's quite difficult because if everyone's repurposing news and not necessarily crediting a source... Um, you can it's easy to kind of think you've done your research and you've got something that's valid in fact you're 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 just spewing garbage
0: okay so we've got fake sharks Flying planes at LaGuardia Airport at the moment, Kroll.
1: Yeah, so these are all the lights. these are all the kind of hoaxes, right, right that don't seem to cause much damage uh, to individuals. But there is a much bigger concern here, and that's things like insurance and charity scams. All right. So basically, fake disaster relief campaigns. And US CERT has just issued a statement um, this week warning people who remain vigilant of criminal activity capitalising on the interest in, in Hurricane Harvey. So according to CNET, we have seen a few fishing animals relating to Hurricane Harvey, and this is how they're working. So they are... Citing legitimate fundraisers, right? Like the Greater Houston Community Foundation and the Hurricane Harvey Recovery Fund, but the actual links go to bogus or fake sites.
0: Oh, I see.
1: Right. Okay. So the site, and of course there you're on that site and you think it's it, it's made to look like the Greater Houston Community Foundation, you put your donation in and say goodbye, money. Right. Um, and we've seen some actually on Facebook as well. So we've seen some – so, you know, Facebook have pledged to match, I think, up to a million dollars in, in uh, relief funds. But uh, we've also seen some people kind of put up fake ads saying, hey, you can support the Facebook fund.
0: And, of course, your Facebook friends may be sharing dodgy yes. links unwittingly. Yes, innocently. Innocently. Completely innocently, you know, with we're, we're, we're you know, we're, we're, we've, we've a good heart and all the rest of it because they're, they're touched just like the rest of us as to what is happening. Um, out in texas and and because you've seen them do that you think oh well I'll, I'll donate as well and i'll click on that link that fred has just shared with me
1: exactly because it gives it legitimacy that your friend that you trust you know maybe right. and respect maybe sent it now all this isn't new we saw this um for example in 20 was it 2010 2010 hurricane sandy 2012 this is awful i don't remember um, but there was an email that kind of came from RedCross.net. This is just to give you an example of another way that these work. So the email would read, thank you for your donation to Hurricane Sandy Relief. Okay, you haven't really done a donation. Okay, you never, you just received this unsolicited email. We appreciate your donation, letter continues, of $435. The credit card on file has been ch- uh, has been charged. If you did not authorize this donation, please go to, enter fake website URL, to unauthorize the charge. <laughs> Right, sounds legit. So a little reverse psychology going on.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Um, the
1: social
0: engineering. You know, whenever they, whenever you think you've been hit in the pocket, you disengage your brain, don't you? And you just think that's outrageous. How can they have debited my credit card for that much money?
2: And it, you- it, it, it is, and, and, you know, it's the same thing that you get every day. I mean, I get the, the iTunes one, you know, you just bought yeah. this yeah. on iTunes or whatever, and you want to dispute it. And it, it, you're right, it is social engineering because you have, sort of have that moment of dread where you go, what have the kids done now? <laughs>
1: you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> let's go
2: and figure this out. Uh, And of course, they, they leverage off the, uh, a combination of the inquisitiveness that we have when these incidents happen, whether it's Mm. a natural disaster or a celebrity Mm. dies or something. Mm. And and they they sort of combine these factors together in a very cunning way.
1: Mm. Mm. And the thing, the thing that really irks me about all this is, of course, it's going to make people shy to give. In these situations, because they don't want to get themselves into a pickle, well,
0: and also money which maybe they would have given to a legitimate charity yes. has ended up with the scammers instead. So, yes. I mean, you know, the, the victims really suffer here, don't they? So, what can people? Yeah.
1: What can people do about this? Don't not give because of these scams. Victims of Hurricane Harvey need all the help they can get, but you have to be smart about this. So, I would recommend don't follow unsolicited web links and email messages that you haven't requested. Don't click on ads in order to. Give Money Away, and go to the National Charity Report Index and check with the FTC information on wise giving in the wake of Hurricane Harvey. So these two links will be in the show notes.
0: Okay, good piece of advice there. So folks, please be careful, do give to the people who need it, um, but go through trusted uh charitable sites in order to do it um, and be wary even if your friend is sharing a link it may be that they've got some bad information i saw um one uh scam being passed around where people were being told if they found themselves in an emergency situation to ring an emergency number and they gave a number and apparently it was the number so i'm told at least of an insurance company rather yeah, than… Yeah, that
1: was BuzzFeed, wasn't it? That was in right. BuzzFeed, I think. And, yeah, um, I don't know if it's been verified or validated, but, yeah, I, th- those things have happened before, right. and I'm sure we will see them if it hasn't already happened. Okay, well, thank you very much, Carol. and I think it's time to find out who our sponsors are this week. This episode of Smashing Security is brought to you in part by Recorded Future. Recorded Future is the real-time threat intelligence company whose patented machine learning technology continuously analyzes technical, open, and dark web sources to give organizations unmatched insight into emerging threats. Sign up for free daily threat intelligence updates at recordedfuture.com/intel. Welcome back to the show and it's the section of the show
0: that we like to call Pick of the Week. Carol. Pick of the week. Troy, please join in the fun. You might oh,
1: have yeah. fallen asleep.
2: I'm here. No,
0: I'm still here. Don't no, worry. Troy, 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 sorry, you have to say pick of the week.
1: Oh,
2: yeah, pick of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Troy, that, that so. Was, that was, you can edit that out later on, don't worry. <laughs> You know, there was that thing the other day, which was showing how you—I don't know if you guys saw this—where it can take someone's voice, it can listen to a few words that they say, and then reconstruct sentences. So, you know, you'll—you'll—I you'll, don't know if it speaks Australian, but you'll work it out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Graham can just Graham can just mimic you already. Like you know, he can fool anyone. I haven't anyone. dared
2: to do
0: any Australian accents in this episode
2: yeah well, it it always comes out sound like a south african if you do it so I, <laughs>
0: yeah. i'd love to hear troy do an english one sometime though maybe like uh, yeah Dyke. yeah no, yeah no. all right so but no he's not gonna do that um so this is where we choose uh, a funny story a book we've read a tv show a movie record app whatever podcast something like that not necessarily something security cool. related something cool which is our pick of the week and my pick of the week i've got in my hands right here here it is can you hear that this a piece of is paper. the Phoenix comic. And this is a comic which um, my son gets, actually, but I quite enjoy it as well. So I've got a son who's about six years old, and this probably is applicable for kids between about the ages of six and 12. It's made in Oxford, which is where I come from. Um and where Carol is based as well, but I believe you can get it ordered and delivered around the world, and it is fabulous. It's got well, f- what's in it? Well, all right, I'm going to tell you. It describes itself as the weekly story comic, and it has fantastic artwork and comic strips. I'm looking right now. Um, that there's another episode of Good Dog Bad Dog, the Golden Bone of <laughs> Alexandria in it. Um, there's Bunny versus Monkey. It is tremendously uh, slightly anarchic very very visual but there's also puzzles in it and there's advice on like if you want to draw smoke this is how you draw smoke and it describes different kinds of smoke in this particular tutorial so you're learning how to draw because these guys are terrific artists and it is a great read and if you've got someone in your family who's maybe a slightly reluctant reader and won't pick up a regular book Maybe something like the Phoenix story comic would be right up their alleyway. There are adventure stories, funny, original, sort of jokey comics, some non-fiction as well, and mind-bending puzzles. I have to say, I think I probably actually look forward to its arrival every Friday morning a little bit more than my son does.
1: Can I ask you a question? Yes. Did you not have a pick of the week and then you just looked down on your desk and you (laughs) saw the magazine lie there? No,
0: I've been thinking of talking about the Phoenix for weeks. Oh, really? For weeks? I I love it, Carol. Yes, it's absolutely tremendous. Maybe I should get you a copy, a subscription for your birthday (laughs) or something like that. Do
1: you like it more than your son?
0: What kind of question is that?
1: (laughs) No, do you like the Phoenix Magazine more than your son likes the Phoenix Magazine? If if
0: I answer that question, where's it going to stop? You're just going to go through a whole range of things and say, okay... So you prefer your son to the comic. What about your car? What about your house, Graham? You misunderstand. Graham? What you about misunderstand. your pension, Graham? <laughs> well, I mean, eventually, right? It's going to become... Li- what about your wife, Graham? Do you prefer your son or your wife,
2: right?
1: That sort of <laughs> Troy, question. Troy, do you have a pick of the week? That's going to get me in trouble.
2: Yes, Troy, what's your pick of the week? I, I have an epic one. Uh, and this is... I, I didn't know Carole was going to talk about the, the shark thing, but this, this ties in very well to this. Now, I've, I've put a, a little link in our document here. Uh, and this only goes for 30 seconds. You guys can watch this while I'm talking about it. Uh, it is called a Little Ripper Lifesaver drone that can spot sharks. Now, this okay. this is pretty awesome. This was in the news, uh, probably the news all the way around the world, certainly the news here just last week. And it is a drone that they fly over the beaches, and it has it, – it's like OCR for sharks, right? Or it's, well, it's not even cool. OCR. It's, it's like facial recognition for sharks. I'm watching it so, <laughs> right now. So you'll see it's like it's going – Dolphin, dolphin, fish, shark. yes <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it's flying above the ocean, and it's just that it, you can just see these blobs, right? But it knows yeah. what is a shark and what is a dolphin. Well, there's a whale. And the cool thing about it is that this obviously feeds back to a, a bloke who's sitting there, you know, flying the thing around, and you can yeah. then sort of go, okay, it was a surfer that might be trying to get out of the water now.
1: Oh, I love that. Isn't that cool? I love that. Yeah, I very, love So that.
2: just from the shape, of, I mean, it's not in.
0: It's not identifying individual sharks and saying this one's Bernard and here's Harry the shark or <laughs> Bruce,
2: right? Something like that.
1: But, but it- that's that jerk George. <laughs> Look, it it, does- it's a
2: big thing with teeth. It might eat you. Get the hell out of the water. <laughs> like that's how it works. <laughs> but it, it is. I don't
1: care what his name is.
0: This, I mean, although it's cool technology, this is actually useful technology as well. Does it right? start
1: playing the Jaws theme tune when it spots one? Well, I I, I think what it would
2: have to do is it'd have to broadcast it to the surfers. Yeah,
1: (laughs) they could just do a a live feed. They could do a live feed and have huge system. Mm. Yeah, mm, speakers are still very heavy.
2: You're right. The funny thing is, you'll you'll see in part of this video. There's like there's a shot there where there's a couple of sharks and a surfer. Yes, (laughs) yes. (laughs) It's like shark, shark, surfer. Okay, then. (laughs) That's really cool. Thank you, Troy, for your pick of the week. Pick of the week.
1: Karel, what's your pick of the week? Well. My pick of the week is a site called ChirpChange.io. Now, Graham, can you guess, or Troy, but Graham, I'm thinking you, can you guess what that might be? <laughs> okay. Quite a clever name.
0: Chirp Change. So I think maybe it's...
1: This is my game. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. You haven't <laughs> told me about this before.
0: So Chirp, I'm thinking it might be a way of making payments <sighs> via Twitter. Because...
1: Um. Y- yes. Am I close? Yes, yes, yes. Really? Yes. <laughs> But it's for a specific, specific cause. Why don't you punch that okay, in? Okay, I'm gonna to your I'm gonna type it now. in
2: right now and see what chirpchange.io. Yeah. All right. It would monetize something ridiculous that may happen <laughs> via Twitter. Oh, look at what this! What ridiculous things we see via Twitter.
1: <laughs> it's <laughs> oh, this, very this cool, funny. right? Yeah,
2: this is funny. So,
1: so basically, <laughs> every time Trump tweets, you, if you've signed up, give a micro donation to a chosen charity. From those they've made available, and it can be like two cents or five cents or three cents, and um, you can also set an upper limit because you know we know he loves the Twitter, <laughs> right? So you don't want to sit there finding out that you have got ten grand to owe every month. I,
2: um, I like the fact that you're donating like single-digit cent amounts, and because you're so worried about how crazy he may go on the Twitter, you have to actually set a threshold. <laughs> I know. <laughs>
1: But isn't it kind of great that, you know, that something unexpectedly good, um, can come out of, you know, um, someone who tweets a lot?
0: That's, that's a very cool, fun idea.
1: Yes. Well, that's my pick of the week. So, tripchange.io. Because apparently someone else is trying to get, uh, to ban Donald Trump from Twitter. I didn't read into this, um, a lot. Oh, but apparently a, that is.
0: Yes, there was a crazy story. Someone is running some sort of, online fundraising campaign i think they're trying to raise a billion dollars so that he can they can buy a big enough share of twitter (laughs) to get his account (laughs) deleted i don't think they've raised very much so
1: you don't think they got to their goal
0: why (laughs) deprive (laughs) us of the
2: entertainment
0: come on that's so terrific so chirpchange.io. very amusing yeah um and you can give money to i don't know Immigrants, or women's rights, or <laughs> 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 no, there's Loads change. of different
1: charities represented, and yes. it's, it's just a really uh, clever way to do it. I think. I think you know. Hats off to it's them. It's a great sense of humour, isn't it?
0: Well, that's terrific. Thanks very much, Kroll, and thank you, Troy, as well for your picks of the week. Um, well, that just about rounds off the show. I think. For well, this you week. know
1: what? Sorry. Yeah. We haven't said something. Oh, have we not? It's our fortieth show.
0: Is forty big that 4-0. big? A, is, is forty that big a deal? Yes,
1: it was when I turned forty. I'll tell you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Life begins. So anyway, happy
1: birthday to us! Happy
0: birthday to us! We'll do it again in ten episodes' time, I imagine. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) If you want to wish us a happy fortieth. Um you can follow us on twitter at smash insecurity without a g that's twitter's fault not ours they wouldn't let us put a g in there too many characters or you can follow us on facebook as well you can go to dot com slash facebook and that'll take you straight to our facebook group and we've got swag now you can buy a t-shirt at dot com slash store um all that remains to be done is uh ask our guest uh so Troy, where can folks find you online? Uh, what, what do you want to plug? Where should people go if they want to find out more about
2: you? Well, the, the, the easy things is uh, I'm very active on Twitter. You can find me at Troy Hunt on Twitter. You can find me on the web as Troy And of course, you can find Have I dot com as well.
1: Thank you for getting the website address.
2: Correct. Yes, well done. At <laughs> least you know your website address, <laughs> even if uh, I don't. And,
1: and just because I
2: knew someone would, uh, someone would try and do it. I just registered while we're talking. Have I So if you're listeners thinking you're going to get it, it's <laughs> too late. You can go there right now and you get redirected. <laughs>
1: You so, are brilliant. Th- 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 awesome th- thanks for costing work.
2: me fourteen dollars a year, Graham. Good <laughs> you. <laughs> I'll send you the bill. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you so much, Troy, for joining us late at night for this. I know you've had a really busy time. If you like the show, tell your friends, leave a review on iTunes, go to smashingsecurity.com for past episodes, and drop us a line at studio at smashingsecurity.com. Until next time from all of us. Cheerio. Bye bye. Thanks
1: for listening.
2: Thanks, guys.
0: we made it
1: smashing I know we didn't even talk about